Hello, I'm Linda Seif from The Layered Onion. Thank you for joining us. We will be listening to our amazing creators talk about their art and mental health. 48 million artists all over the world share this lived experience. The Layered Onion was formed to create a supportive community, allowing the creators to focus on their art, bringing their work from the shadows to receive the recognition and opportunities they deserve. Each podcast will feature an artist who talks about their creations and mental wellness. Art is healing. We hope these discussions will inspire you to appreciate the stories behind the creations and more importantly, inspire your inner creator. Together, we can tackle the stigma surrounding mental health. So hello, Lacey. Welcome to the Layered Onion podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Um, Maybe you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Rude Brew and why you started it. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you bet, Linda. Uh, Good morning and thanks for having me. Um, My name is Lacey Rude. I am the owner and operator of Rude Brew Kombucha in Madison. Um, I guess just a quick, I've been making kombucha. I mean, kombucha has been part of my life, I guess, uh, since I was a little kid. When I was young, my dad made it in the house and I didn't drink it until I was in my 20s. But uh, it's definitely always been around. Uh, I can remember being like seven or eight and first seeing it um, in the house. So yeah, that's what got me started. It was a family connection. Um, You know, a lot of, I like wellness sorts of efforts and do a lot of kitchen hobbies and and things like that. A lot of fermenting. So yeah. Well, kombucha is really an art. It's a culinary art because it's so um, difficult, I think, to get it right and have it taste, um, uh, taste well. You know, <laughs> and I was I was very excited because this year we had three of your um, rude brews at our holiday. We do a soup exchange and we had three of them and it was really awesome. Um, and so it's so mild. So maybe you could talk about kind of the culinary art part of kombucha. Um, sure. And thanks. I'm glad you loved it. That's that's awesome. I was hoping that you would have that uh, to say when we met. So. That's great. Uh, you picked a bunch of great flavors too. So, um, so as far as I guess the, I mean the the ferment fermentation period with kombucha is typically it's always going to be at least a couple of weeks. So different people brew it differently. Um, I feel like fourteen days is kind of your minimum ish, uh, but it also kind of depends on your room temperature. Um, you know, so you can hit the pH that you want and and that kind of affects the flavor and different things like that. But um, what I found was that in making a mild brew, um, I was feeling, because I can feel my benefits when I drink my kombucha or any kombucha rather, you know, you can feel it working in your body. And I was finding that, you know, I didn't like the super pungent, um, really punchy kombuchas that are typically on the market. And I was trying to figure out, you know, how uh, how to make it taste more like I wanted, uh, and, you know, still get the health benefits. And what I've found is that, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's, you know, a little less tart or not, you still get probiotics, you still feel it in your body, you feel what it's doing. Um, you know, and, and I was super pumped about that because I didn't like the like vinegar sort of flavor of it on myself. So. Well, one of the things that I 
think is really interesting and frankly very creative is coming up with the different flavors. And maybe you can kind of talk about how do you come up with flavors and what, and maybe even talk about one that you tried that was super successful and then one that you tried that was a total fail. Ooh, I love this. Uh, so honestly, the flavor, I mean, the infusions are my face, my favorite part. I really love to make flavors, which is why I think right now I, I probably have like on deck 12 or 13 flavors in total. Not that everybody's, you know, like retailers and stuff are carrying all those flavors. Some are carrying all of them, uh, but then certain people pick and choose whatever. But um, so that's the most fun part for me. I, uh, I really feel like I honestly, it's pretty basic. I just choose flavors that I feel like I would like. Um, you know, and I think about consumers as well at this point, but I mean, it started out where I just thought, well, what do I want to drink and what do I want it to taste like? And I also put a lot of emphasis on, um, you know, if it was stuff I could get in Wisconsin. So that was a huge, actually another huge, um, pull for me was, you know, I do a lot of gardening, um, you know, growing fruits, veggies, herbs, you know, edible florals, things like that. And I also like to pick, um, you know, from like local farms, and make different things. And I just kind of tied that into that hobby that I had and a passion for supporting farmers, supporting my neighbors, local uh, collaboration, stuff like that. And I, I chose flavors that could do that and still taste good. Um, so, yeah. Have you ever had an epic fail, one that you thought would be good and it was just not? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And you had <laughs> asked about. So so a, a really good one to go back to what you had asked before, I would say like one that was popular that I was surprised about. I tried like I do a ginger pear and that's my most popular flavor. And everybody likes that one. Pears are from it. Wisconsin. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I like it a lot, too. And my my buddies out at Future Fruit Farm, a couple of women farmers, um, they run that place and they you know, we work together a lot on projects. But blueberry basil same thing, strawberry rhubarb. I mean, all things I can get in Wisconsin um, that ended up being great flavor combos that I still like my flagship flavors that I still, still sell a lot of. Um, then I dabble with a lot of other stuff, you know, seasonals and things or medicinal types um, geared towards certain things as far as, um, you know, like different herbal remedies and things like that. One that I, so there's, I did watermelon mint mm. and it, it turned out great. But, and it was popular, but what I found was that after a couple, the shelf life was really bad. Like after a couple of weeks, people were like, it just tastes like squash. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. So it was like, it was really good fresh, but it wasn't one that I could really put out into stores ah. because then, you know, the flavor wore off, you know, I was using the same methods of my other infusions, uh, the same sorts of, of operation, but then you know, the, the watermelon flavor just ended up turning more like into a squash flavor after like a week or two. Which is interesting because watermelon is not in the squash family, is it? I, you know, I, I believe it. I believe it's, it's, I don't know, actually. I, I wish that I knew. And now I'm like, oh, I should know that for this podcast and just for my life. But uh, I have no idea. I feel like they're really similar. They grow similarly. The plants look really similar. The leaves are different. But I mean, um, I guess I'm not, I wasn't too shocked when I realized that that, that uh, happened. I was thinking, oh, okay. But, you know, I didn't do enough research and development as far as shelf life on that one. So that taught me a lesson, um, you know, in, in making sure that I let things sit longer before I, you know. Put it out there. Send them huh? out, like a new flavor like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what, how do you infuse? 
how is that infusion process happen or is that a trade secret um no no it's i mean i mean i kind of want to keep it secret but no it's i i post yeah um i i steep so uh. i there's a couple things that i juice first and there's a couple flavors that i like make like almost like a tea concentrate out of uh and then i add that but but generally almost everything i make i um have a recipe and amount that i use you know, for fruit or herb or whatever it is and it steeps in um cotton like sacks like large tea sacks oh. um and it sits in there for a period of time and then every day or two i kind of go in there and i squeeze you know i squeeze the bag and get the juices flowing in there and uh and yeah put it back in and it sits in there for quite a while and infuses um and then I, I usually, I either compost uh, like the remnants of it after I'm done or a lot of it I also freeze and I put in my smoothies because I eat a smoothie every day. Uh, so I, and I add that to a probiotic smoothie. So, so I, I, I've seen on some of your pictures on social media is these big vats with cloth over the top. What part of mm -hmm. the process is that? That's the, the first ferment. So there's, there's two fermentation periods, um, typically, um, which is pretty standard in, in, you know, kombucha. Um, and the first one is in the large, uh, stainless steel fermenters. Um, and those are awesome. I have some that are hundred gallons and some that are 55 or 60 gallons. Uh, they're on wheels. Um, so they're easy to move around. Um, and the first part of things, the first half starts in there. And then I move everything into buckets, like five gallon, like ale pails, brewing pails. Um, and, uh, that's when I infuse is in five gallon batches, you know, uh, okay. eventually when I have like a big old brewery, you know, filled with my kombucha <laughs> and, you know, and a ton of space and a ton of, a ton of money, you know, I would have another, it would go into another vessel, you know, or, or there would be a lot more of those big fermenters, but larger. Um, and I wouldn't use buckets for hardly anything, but they're easy to move around, easy to clean. So, Have you ever thought and about cheap. teaming with a brewery with some of your um, leftover sort of infusions? Um, I have, and, and I got some, you know, I want to, you know, I've thought a lot about, I practiced a little bit at home with uh, like a kombucha beer. Um, you know, and it's actually a really, really cool product that I really like myself. Um, and, you know, it has a, pr it has a good space as far as like, there's nobody making it locally and it's a really cool, you know, concept and, and it tastes interesting, almost like a shandy, uh, you know, style sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it, it, not a lot of breweries really want kombucha in their establishments because the yeast from the kombucha could potentially, you know, affect their beer and the flavor of their beer. So oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. I feel like for me, um, I would take a go at it, you know, once I get the proper sort of facility where I have space for something like that, but I have been dabbling at home a little bit on the counter. So, ah, well, maybe there's I always a lot test. of things. <laughs> I, I, I'll let you know, there's always a lot of things <laughs> I'm working on, you know, at home just for fun and or for future potential, you know, business stuff. But that's one thing is kombucha beer. Well, maybe talk a little bit about how your really the whole process, the culinary process, the art, et cetera, has helped you with um, mental and health wellness. That is, I love this question too. You, you've got the greatest questions. Um, 
So for, for me, uh, honestly, if I, I'm going to be totally transparent with this, I, um, yeah, I get, I really get a lot of benefit from my kitchen hobbies. And then also my, now this one, which is my business, um, you know, and I'm really thankful that it can support me like it does in my, and my two, my two kids, you know, the three of us, we survive on this business and it's awesome. Um, but mental health, wellness goals. I mean, I'm like super, I'm also like really into health and wellness, like in general. Um, so I live my life in a way that, you know, is very, I mean, that's, I work everything around health and wellness. I, I, you know, I exercise, I work out, I, um, you know, I eat a specific sort of way I eat keto, um, you know, and, and do a lot of things, you know, the probiotics, all of it, uh, you know, my mental health, I go to therapy regularly. I've been doing that for years. Um, so the kombucha and, and kitchen type things, fermenting, all those things really play a huge part in keeping me healthy. Cause I have a, um, I have ADHD and I also am diagnosed with a panic disorder, which I don't really have symptoms of that are very severe at this time, but I'm not so long ago at all, um, you know, in my life had very severe symptoms that had me not, you know, barely able to do anything. Um, and it also pre presents with some somatic sorts of symptoms that are, uh, yeah. So it like, which, so it mimics, it makes, you know, it mimics medical, like physical medical sorts of things. Uh, so it, it's complicated. I won't get too into it, but this kind of stuff, you know, keeps me, keeps me on track, keeps me healthy, uh, keeps me motivated. Um, I'm a really big, also like goal setter. So I really enjoy you know, setting goals, small, medium, large, and, and meeting those goals. Well, there's a lot of research that now that shows that gut bacteria has a huge impact on our brain health. Yes. And so I wonder, as you've incorporated the probiotics and all of that, if you saw that change when you were doing this, you started the business in 2017. So I assume your uh, use of kombucha went up dramatically maybe not but it seems like it would have <laughs> as you were taste testing etc but thinking about that have you ever you know I mean there's just a huge tie-in research between our gut health and our mental health uh yes I mean it's it's huge honestly it's it's imperative to take care of you know your your whole body your gut especially you know if you if you want to have you know homeostasis and, and be healthy I mean um there's more and more research kind of coming out to back that up, but I definitely, you know, consume a lot of probiotics, uh, you know, which has built up over time. Like you said, as, as I've gotten more into this, um, it started off where I would drink a lot more straight up kombucha though. And these days I honestly, I just like, I just take, there'll be a, I'll fill from a bucket. I'll have like a nitty bitty bit left in the bucket. I'll put it into a growler and then I'll just keep it in there a little bit. You know, I have this growler that I take to and from my house. I have a couple um, and then I add whatever flavors I have a little bit of that won't fill a bottle to go out to retail. Uh, mm. So I just like put in whatever to that bottle and bring that home to drink. And I put, you know, four ounces roughly of kombucha into my smoothie every day. Ah, and then okay. I drink it randomly. You know, you can, it's, it's a great, uh, makes a great mocktail, um, makes a great mixer for anything else. Drinking it by itself is great. So, yeah. I've um, been, I've been mixing it with sparkling water. Yes. And um, to give it kind of like a little pizzazz, you know what I mean? So For sure. It's really good with, with another like bubbly drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. Or like a great fever tree ginger beer. <laughs> oh, totally. Or like, yeah, any kind of, it's good with everything and it's yeah, good yeah. by itself. It's like, how do you go wrong? Right, right, right. I'm a well, fan. yours is so mild <laughs> that it's easy to drink many glasses where um, I think some of them, like you said, are so pungent that it's, it's, it's more difficult to keep going. But these are, these are, these are easier. Well, I think it's, yeah, I think it's interesting that you talked about sort of, I I think having your own business, I, I have ADD and having your own business, there's a, I'm a late, I didn't really know till later, even though everybody else knew. (laughs) I'm in the same boat. (laughs) Everybody knew but me. And when my son got diagnosed, it was kind of like, ah, (laughs) I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. But having your own business is actually, can be really beneficial, but sometimes uh, is hard to stay focused. How have you really tackled that? I'm looking for pointers, Lacey. (laughs) Ah, well... Uh, lots of lists. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's everybody's always like, frustrated with me, I feel like, or maybe it's in my head, but I feel like I have alarms going off all the time. Like I have, because sometimes I have an alarm set, so I don't forget to do something because I also have everything in my calendar. I have alarms on my phone. I have a smartwatch that also tells me everything all the time. But I still, if I don't do the thing right when the alarm goes off, I could still forget it right away. And then, you know, 20 minutes that I'm like, Oh crap, you know, or I won't remember at all. So, I mean, it, it, you know, I have to have a lot of alarms, uh, lots of alarms, lots of lists that I look at every day and check off, except for when I have days off, um, which I have to very specifically make, you know, so that I can separate myself from my business. Um, you know, it takes a lot of work to do that too, but, um, to take breaks, uh, for like refresh, but, um, yeah, lists, calendars, both, you know, paper and also um, electronic and then lots of alarms in my phone, lots of, yeah. And lots of, I also schedule things a certain way. So I have a very specific schedule um, and I kind of tailor my week. I have to really be, you know, conscious of my schedule throughout the week and kind of try to keep things as similar as I can because, you know, routine is, I think, everyone's friend um, for many people anyway, but especially mine. (laughs) <laughs> if I fall out of my routine and I can fall out of it sometimes and not even realize. And then all of a sudden I feel just a rack, a racket and I'm like, what's going on? And I look and I go, Oh, you know, I switched these things around and, and now everything's all out of place and I have to get back to my routine. So, well, and know. frankly, holidays are tough for me, like a holiday period because you yes. aren't in your routine. And then I am, I, I find myself kind of like, you know, uh, I knew I had to do some things last week and you know what? They didn't get done and they had to get done. And so here I am on the 31st as a business owner, right? Trying to get a couple of things done that had to get done because <laughs> it's year end. And I'm yes. thinking, oh my God, why wasn't I doing this a couple of days ago? <laughs> I completely understand that. I have, I'm kind of in that place right now because I, I got sick, like, right around Christmas, I got super sick. And I've been really sick ever since then until like yesterday was the first day that I actually felt like I was getting better. Um, 
And so all through like the, the tail end of Christmas and, and through New Year's, I was just like a wreck. I was, I've been so no COVID. I, I luckily, but I mean, it, it was terrible. I maybe I, it seems like it could have been RSV. I looked it up and I didn't go into the doctor. Um, you know, I just kind of waited it out and took care of myself as best I could and, you know, rested a lot, but yeah. Um, so now all that stuff has kind of gotten dumped into now because I couldn't do it when I had to do it. And I had all these things and I'm like, oh, I can't do anything, you know? And, and so I'm kind of trying to clean things up this week. And luckily I have um, only like a handful of stores. I'm, you know, with deliveries this week, um, cause I kind of, it varies, you know, widely as far as like what comes in that week. Um, you know, so this week has been pretty slow, which is typical every year. It's like this. So I am taking this week to kind of do some housekeeping stuff, uh, with rude brew and, and, yeah, kind of get my bearings here as I get better from being sick. So, yeah, well, it's like I, hard to get all that stuff done. Yeah, and actually this year, so other years, January is generally a really bad month for me because I also have a seasonal affect disorder. And so I generally really struggle in these, you know, low light months. Sure. But um, I, I, you know, put some things together this year to try to help. So I'll have to see how that goes. But um, anyway, oh, that, I kind of got sidetracked, but I guess my question, <laughs> I have a question. I had that light pop him. up and I was trying to get rid of it. So I don't know what that was, but. Uh, maybe it's a halo. It, I Oh, it's definitely a, yeah, it's definitely a halo. <laughs> so there you go. Right, right. So here's a question I have for you that I love to ask everyone. If you could reflect back on 10-year-old Lacey, what advice would you give Lacey that you wish that you knew based on all that you've learned about yourself, your, you know, focus on mental and health wellness, your culinary art, everything, what would you give advice to you, your young you? Um, you know, definitely, this is, yeah, an easy one. Thank goodness. Uh, just to be, just to, to try things, to be myself. I think I, one thing I struggled with as a kid was I was very shy, like mm -hmm. so shy, uh, which I'm not now. Uh, but I, but I mean, I've learned, you know, through college and just life, you know, to, I've had to, go in public and meet new people and talk to them. And, you know, I, I like people and I like, I like, you know, being, yeah. So I think just to be yourself, um, be yourself and don't be ashamed of who you are. Just be yourself. Try things. If you're into something, try it out. I think that's the biggest thing. I feel like I was so scared as a kid and I didn't have a lot of support. Um, I feel like, you know, as far as interests that I had, um, so I, I think that, you know, I had, I had to make sure that I was my own support. Uh, so just supporting myself, um, and accepting myself for growth and happiness. And I think, you know, let's face it, that, that as a young person, it's really hard to not be influenced by what's going on. And I think, you know, and obviously I'm dating myself, there wasn't social media when I was growing up. And I think that just even adds to the mix now. It makes it for sure. Difficult for sure. So 
Yeah. A lot of influences on, you know, online. Um, I feel like, I don't know what it, I didn't have social media as a kid. Um, I was more like maybe what I was, I was like in my twenties. Cause I'm, I'll be 40 in May. So I'm like, so I'm in that weird place where like half of my life has been a lot of internet and social media and half of it, uh, there will, there wasn't any. So I feel like that gives me an advantage actually. So I, I like that kind of middle spot. Um, cause I feel like I can be in tune with both types of people and, and both types of life, um, that are, you know, pretty different <laughs> from each other. Um, you know, but I feel pretty comfortable in both ways. So, um, what was the question? Well, <laughs> we were just lamenting on social media, making social media. it even more difficult for people to stay true to themselves. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely think, um, it really is. There's a lot of influence, uh, you know, as far as, you know, it's interesting actually, cause, cause I feel like there's also a large part of it that is encouraging people to be themselves, but, but, but it's on the internet mm. more, you know, than like, there's a lot more people you have access to of different types of different walks of life with different hobbies, with different lifestyles, you know? Um, so I think that's in one way enhancing our experience, you know, but also could hinder it in other ways too. So mm -hmm. that's a whole, a whole jam. I won't yeah, get into <laughs> we'll in that too. in depth on that one, but yeah. So why don't you share with me one flavor that you have coming out or coming up that you're super excited and want to talk about? Um, I, as far as right now goes, this is a pretty slow time for, well, I mean, for new flavors because I, because I use Wisconsin grown fruits and herbs. Um, and I pick, I pick for the entire year. So I pick and then I freeze and I use fresh frozen fruits throughout the year um, until I wait for next season to come. Uh, so right now I'm putting out just a lot of the same flavors. I have my seasonals are more geared toward like antioxidant, like cold fighting sorts of like hibiscus orange mm -hmm. um, is one that I have coming out. This new seasonal coming out here in the next month that I run every year and people really like it, but it's very high in vitamin C antioxidants. Um, you know, things like that. But as far as flavors, I just look forward to spring. I'm already like, where's spring? Cause then I can start picking fruit and having fresh things, you know, again. And, um, I do have a new product coming out, but I can't say what it is. Oh, uh, but it is kombucha of us of sorts, um, with a special ingredient, uh, added to it. It's a collaborative, uh, product with another small business, um, in Madison. So that'll be coming out sometime this month, mm. uh, hopefully to be released or at least announced before the 13th. And I'm doing, a uh, an event at the Burr Oak, um, for dry January, which is like an NA beverage, um, ah. sort of like, like hangout, um, event where there's lots of different vendors with, you know, in Madison, like local vendors, uh, that are, you know, giving samples of and selling their products that are not alcoholic. So different drinks. Um, so I'll be there and I'm hoping to have it announced by then, but I can't tell right now. Okay. Okay. We'll look forward to that. Okay. But keep an eye out. It's going to be really awesome. And I think, I think it's going to be a really, uh, really um, successful launch. So. All right. Cool. And I would always vote for anything that has ginger. <laughs> have you ever tried cranberry Ugh. ginger? 
I have, but oh, you have cranberry apple, cran cran apple ginger. I used to do that oh. one around the holidays sometimes. I don't think I didn't do it this year. But, I'm a big yeah. cranberry fan, and I love ginger. So we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring it back so that you can yeah. have cranberry ginger. Yes, yes, next year. So yeah, for well, sure, it's a good like a good holiday flavor, yeah. especially too. I feel like, and right. then it has so many same thing: vitamin C antioxidants. Right, I mean, the ginger too. Yeah, you made yep, me think of booster. it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Lacey, I want to thank you so much for being here today with us. Um, we're excited. And I am so happy with this collaboration that we have with Dane County Food Collective, which is how we met. Oh, yes. yes. And uh, an opportunity for us to really bring the culinary arts into the work that we're doing as the Layered Onion. And um, I'm so excited to feature all of the culinary artists that are out there and um, you know, it's exciting. Yeah. It's really cool. The, the food, the Dane County food collective is, is such an awesome organization. Um, and, and I'm so glad that we were able to meet and we can work together now on things and I get to see you, you know, and get to know you and, and so many other people who are, who are so awesome in the community. Um, yeah, it's been really enriching for my life. And I like also, you know, being able to, to, uh, you know, team up with others like you and other folks in the collective and, and help others. And, you know, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And especially when you work independently, it's really nice to know you have a community. Definitely. It makes a huge difference. Yep. Community right. is huge. Right. It is. And that's kind of what has happened with the Layered Onion. When we started, we just didn't realize we'd be all over the world. Um, because there's just definitely a community and those that are artists that, you know, have mental health challenges for sure. Oh, yes. Yes. And I'm so glad that there are more outlets, you know, for folks as far as, you know, with mental, with mental health challenges and there's so much more acceptance and it's, it's talked about so much more. Um, you know, I'm still kind of trying to get out and talk more about what I deal with, which has been really difficult to do. Uh, but things like this help me do that, you know, and Mm -hmm. also hopefully help others who are, who are, you know, also struggling with, uh, with being ashamed or embarrassed about, you know, their challenges. So, well, and that's why we talk about reimagining mental health. Um, You know, I, I've spent many, many years talking about eliminating the stigma. I kind of have gotten to push that to the side and just help people reimagine it. It's just a part of who we are. It's not who we are. Exactly. You know, it's definitely not any, in any way, your identity. It's just like you said, a small part, you know, that makes up such a large, more complicated, beautiful, messy, awesome person. Right, right. So, well, thank you. Thanks, Uh, Linda. And take care, and I'll look forward to more flavors. Thank you for joining us today. It is an honor to talk with these amazing creators. You can see and read the artist's work in The Shallot, our journal of mental health, art, and literature, or on our website, thelayeredonion.com. Thank you.